Hello and welcome to From the B.O.L. End, and this is the debrief after the Boxing Day clash at Turf Moor, which saw Burnley beaten 2-0 by Liverpool. I'm joined by Chris Borden, Justin Connolly and Paul Woodhouse for this one. Woody, your impressions of, of that game? It was shit, wasn't it, really? We had uh, two minutes, obviously, opening up in the first half until they decided they were going to score after five. Then we basically barely huffed and puffed for the rest of the first half. Uh, we're kind of lucky to keep ourselves to one at half time. And then Lord knows how we, you know, managed to get that spell in the second half of about five to seven minutes where we missed a couple of guilted chances once we'd like brought uh, JBG on, etc. Mm. And looked infinitely better for that with Odebear on the left. But, you know, it was all... It was all rather depressing and all rather predictable, and uh, seen it before, haven't we? I don't know, mm. actually. I mean, I thought the second half there was there was quite a lot to be encouraged by, but maybe I'm alone in that opinion. I don't know, Justin. What did you make of it? No, I think I'm with you on that. I think I'm disappointed. Not, not. I can't say I'm really disappointed with the performance. I'm disappointed with the result. I think. It was kind of the, it was it was almost a carbon copy of the of the Fulham game in terms of how we were under pressure in the first half and Trafford Trafford made quite a lot of you know good saves but they were kind of regulation saves the the sort that you'd expect him to make and I, and we're still in the game at one 0 you know we, we we've we've limited them to that one goal second half we've had a couple of good chances um, you know particularly Goodmanson's header, which he uh, failed to get on target. I'm not sure about the one where Brun Larson burst through. I reckon that might have been ruled out with VAR because there were a couple of sort of dodgy challenges before that that effort. But, we, you know, we should have got those on target. And if we had, you never know what might have happened. I just think it's it's, it's another example of those fine margins in a game, isn't it, where... One thing goes you against you, and another thing goes against you. And you just sort of think, well, it's not going to be our day today. I just, I'm not that disappointed with the performance. I can't. I, you, you've got to remember we're playing against a team who, with that two nil win, have gone top of the table. And I'm not, I'm not hundred percent convinced they were that. You know that much, the, the difference between us in the table. I'm not sure that they were that much better than us, to be honest. I mean, I would say, well, I think it was probably our best performance against a big six team. Yeah, this definitely. Season, you know, yeah. I think it was better than the performances for sure in those those early season defeats we had in that run of tough games. But, but um, you know, the first half was, I'd agree with Woody's assessment on the first half, definitely. But the second half, there was a different look about us and we, we didn't sit back in the same way we'd done in the first half and sort of, Invite invite Liverpool to come on to us. We we got into them a bit more. I don't 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we just didn't, didn't have enough punch in the final third. That's that's the way I think that what let us down really. But Chris, what mm-hmm. were you, what were your impressions? Yeah. I, said, I I don't mind losing like that if you, if that's the way. I mean, like say, albeit the first half, you know, they got a bit of a a bit of a battering really. Albeit, you know, in the first couple of minutes, uh, Ram Dooney produces a turn. Much like Defoe against Hull, if you remember his debut goal, little spin and turn and is away, makes the wrong choice. He's he's got options either side. And if you're gonna go for goal, at least get your effort on target. And it goes miles wide. And a couple of minutes later, uh, mm. Juan de Juan de Carroll uh, scores his first goal from <laughs> in, in twelve goals, twelve games, first from outside the area in uh, about four years, apparently. But uh, yeah, he's. Uh, it, it took the disallowed Harvey Elliott goal really to uh, to wake Burnley up. And, but yeah, it did, then, didn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. from then on they got a bit of a reprieve there. But from then on, they, they, I, I, I thought they had Liverpool rattled. I thought that they've probably mm-hmm. for, forced more, you know, more more errors at the back than you, you see Liverpool making in many a game. And uh, like I say that the chance for Goodman's was a great chance. Say Brun Larson, I didn't, didn't didn't really think he could do much else other than have a pot shot at goal from uh, from there and uh, try try his luck didn't come off. But Odebert, you know, scared him, you know, you know, down the left hand side in particular, second half, and uh, they were just. I said that it was that second ball. They were, they, all of a sudden, something sort of switched on in them, and they were winning the second ball and. That period of pressure deserved something from the game, really, and uh, also the nicker, nicker late second, and it's game over. But I, I, I thought they merited something from the game over the piece. It's interesting you're saying about Audubon there. On uh, when he went on the left, he was like he'd been in. We've seen him before, but on the right hand side, he was pretty ineffective, wasn't he? Like, I mean, that, that mm-hmm. seems to have been. If, if we're looking for learning points from it. I mean, it's, un- it's surprising how much of a difference it makes to some players, whether they play, which side they play on. Um, but it, it certainly did with him. But um, the big debate point I've seen people already talking about online, and, and it came up as well after the Fulham game, where Mike Trezor, where, you know, I, I, I wasn't particularly impressed by what he did at Fulham and thought it was justified to take him off, as, as company did. Um and then I was reading online some people saying he changed the game. Now they were they were people at the ground, not not me watching on TV. And sometimes you can be tricked by that, you know, where you're watching the game on TV and not not appreciating what somebody's doing. So I tried to watch him a bit more closely today. And I've got to say, you know, he looks I think he's one of these players who looks very nice on the ball. He's got like this really nice sort of balance and ease about him when he's on the ball. But his end product was next to nothing most of the time, I thought. You know, I mean, Justin, what what were your impressions of uh, of Trezor? I thought it was fairly anonymous and ineffective, wasn't he? I mean, when he got on the ball, what did he, he didn't really do much. I can't remember him creating anything. I mean, he, he was on corner duty as well a, a few times, and he, he seemed to have been coached by that... Uh, Josh by Brownhill. That, yeah, yeah, he, he seems to have been coached by that uh, set piece coach we've got to hit the first man every time he tried to get the ball in the in the box. But no, I, mean, I agree with you. I, I, I was disappointed uh, by his performance, and I was, you know, I, I was quite surprised to see him in the starting lineup f- for a start. Um, 
but um, I think it was me last week who said I'd like to see him get a little bit of a run of starts just to get a bit of confidence up and get and see what he can do. I, de- I didn't see anything today to what to warrant him, him keeping that place, but maybe company's seen something and company hopes that by sticking him in from the start, he can build up a bit of confidence and show the form that he showed last season. Yeah, Belgian player of the year and a record number of sisters. Yeah, every yeah. every commentator in the world says on every Burnley game. Woody, what have your impressions been of him in his you know short sub appearances and then and then his first real start today? Yeah, he's another one that flatters to deceive, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, like you say, he's got he's got lovely feet. He gets himself into some very nice positions. He's got a lovely balance, but he overcomplicates everything. But that's the problem with this side across the board. And Dune overcomplicates everything. Even Bayer in the second half overcomplicated stuff, went on this searing little run and then did a wee little pirouette at the centre circle, lost the ball, thanks for coming. And it's all this. We, I mean, granted, yes, it's fabulous uh, and try, watching them trying to pull all this shit off, but it very rarely <laughs> comes off. That's the point. <laughs> you know. And Trezor is arguably the biggest culprit of this. He does it in his own box. He does it in their box. He does it when he receives it on the byline. It doesn't matter where he gets it. He tries to overcomplicate and gets a, a little bit too tricky for his own good. Now, mm-hmm. if we can somehow temper that and make sure that we're doing that at the right times, then I think there's, there's obviously a player there. Obviously a player there. And everybody seems to get in each other's way, etc. There are like four of them breaking and the you know, they're all trying to do weird little scissor movements, etc. And it just seems like they're trying to be a little bit too clever and a little bit too cute at times. And then it all breaks down. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was, I think it was, um, you know, pretty much a, a, a decent sort of defensive display, apart from a few times in the first half where they, they played themselves into trouble. But, you know, in terms of, like, doing the basic defensive work, right, I mean, they targeted Vitinho early on, and I thought, you know, it reminded me of, of, of a game in the Champions League a few years ago where Guardiola decided he was going to, uh, I think he had Lee Rossani playing up against Alexander-Arnold and City in the first 15 minutes just pinged three or four balls over the top, you know, mm-hmm. to try and expose him, and it worked really well. Um, and it looked like they were doing that with Vitinho for a while, and he came through it, I think, but... Defensively, it wasn't too bad, but it's, it's that final third, isn't it, Chris? I mean, it's just there's not a threat there, you know. I mean, Foster hasn't got going yet, it seems, since he's come back at all, has he? I thought he was poor today. Yeah, it was a strange sort of like, looking at that tonight, and you think you've got, you know, obviously Trezor, who I, I, I think he's growing into life in the Premier League again without much in, in the way of end product, but we know he's got that at a decent standard. But uh, you've got him up against. Alexander Arnold, who one minute's playing centre half, one minute's playing defensive mid, one minute's playing left sided centre back, and it, it's uh, and it, his passing tonight's glorious. But we all know we can be got at, and mm. uh, you know Trezor wasn't you know wasn't for taking him on the outside. He wanted to cut across, you know, the face of uh, the eighteen yard box all the time. Where Udeber, you know, was was I'm going to just drive at you and drive at you and keep driving at you, which mm. is uh, what you want. But you've got you've got those two, and it was probably a game made more for Jay's technical ability than uh, like the Foster's pace and power, really. Uh, so I'd love to have seen. I, just, I, I thought mm. Amdouni was fabulous. I, he's just such a gifted technical footballer, but 
again, he's come off without a goal and without an assist, and it, it's just that, that that final part to his to his game really. It's a, yeah, as much I thought O'Shea did well tonight. I was maybe fortunate when he clattered uh, Endo for the second goal, where you know the referee didn't go back and uh, and deal with him too harshly. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Trafford Trafford's made a, a, a stunning save. From Salah, first half, absolutely unbelievable save, and uh, you know a couple of other stops you know, within that first half that prevented it being uh, you know you know a three or four goal uh, you know deficit at half time. I, I think he, you know, bar one kick he put out put out play first half, he hmm. he seems to be growing in stature and believing he belongs yeah. at this level as well. And uh, I say, long may that continue. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that about uh, about Trafford because, and I, I do wonder yeah. sometimes when we say when we say like, oh, he didn't, you know, I think I introduced this phrase, miracle saves, but but <laughs> at the end of the day, he's you know he's, he's to make saves. I wonder whether we're sometimes we're judging him a bit by too high a standard because we've paid so much money for him and and we expect him to be this absolute wonder keeper. But considering the start of the season, you know, a lot of us after five or six games are going. Should we bring Murich back, take him out of the firing line? He didn't look comfortable. He looks comfortable now. He's organising his back line a lot more. Um, he's ma- he's making these saves and he's not... He wasn't... Ex- you know, he, we know his weak points, but they didn't get exposed uh, in terms of like the crosses and the balls into the box. So I'm beginning to feel a lot, lot better about James Trafford. As I, I mean... Justin, have we, are we holding him to too high a standard, do you think? I mean, he just had, he's had a very, very good game against Liverpool, hasn't he? Yes, I think he did. I, I think he's really coming into his own now. He, like I say, a lot of the saves that he makes are regulation saves, but those are the ones you want him to make. Um, I, I do think if we, if you if you look at a lot of the goalkeepers that we play against, they do play a similar sort of game, don't they? A lot of play, a lot of goalkeepers are doing that playing out from the back now. A lot of play, a lot of goalkeepers are going for that that punch in the ball instead of catching it. Um, so I, I, I think he's he's very much like in that modern mould of a goalkeeper. Mm. But I do really feel like he's get he's it, what he's what's happened is he's gaining a little bit of confidence, isn't he? Uh, and he's being a li- that little bit more decisive that makes all the difference. Um, if, but if we're talking about individual performances, I, I agree with Chris. I thought Amdouni had a great game today. Nice, nice bits and pieces. Um, I think the big difference today was I thought Sander Berger had a, had a poor game today. I thought he was he was a little bit off the pace today. Mm. Maybe I'd, I, maybe they were a little bit overrunning that midfield position with with. You know, him and Brownhill perhaps didn't quite have the same grip on the game as they have done recently. Sander Berger has been man of the match for me for 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 many of the last sort of months uh, fixtures. But today, I thought it was just a little bit off it, and off it. And I thought that was kind of a little bit of the difference between the two. He wasn't doing those driving runs forward and and picking those passes out to the wide players. Uh, but I, I agree with everybody when they say, "Oh, De Bear had a great had a great game on that left hand side." I mean, he made Alexander Arnold look like a chump a couple of times, didn't he? Where he just turned him inside out and just went through. Again, what we can talk about the decisions in the last that last sort of third of the field, whether they make the right choices all the time. Um, but I, I really thought, given given the quality of the opposition we were up against today. 
Um, I thought I'm coming away from that game with, with with quite a sort of positive feel. I know the results didn't go quite quite the way we might have wanted them elsewhere, but um, even so, uh, we we said, didn't we? We're, we're halfway through the, the the season now. Are we still in touch? Or do we feel like we're uh, we're you know? We were in touch before today, and then you look at the league mm-hmm. table, and it's. It is a question mark because you've got Sheffield United bottom on nine points. Um, we're on 11. Luton are now four points ahead of us on 15 with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Everton are five points ahead of us on 16 with a game in hand. And Notts Forest, who of course had a great win uh, against Newcastle, they're on mm-hmm. 17 points from the same amount of games. Palace. Palace and Brentford, 18 and 19, are in danger of getting, you know, sucked into it. But, yeah, I mean, we're on 11 points and, and Luton, Luton are four ahead of us with a game in hand and that's to stay inside the relegation zone. So Everton, Everton's the nearest one. Mm. You know, it's five points plus a game. It's starting to... I don't know, is that, how, is that still in touch? I think so. I think hey, if we keep playing like we're playing, we'll, 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 uh, we'll pick up more considerably more points this second half of the season than we did in the first. So I, I think I'm, I, I'm okay with it. I'm, I, I wish, I wish, you know, we, we were perhaps uh, at another three points and we could have, we could have, uh, you know, there, there's been games that we should have won that we didn't. Um, but I, I think everything to me, even after today's defeat is still going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I guess the positive way of looking at it is if you just said, like, oh, if the Christmas period we'd, uh, we'd, we'd draw at Fulham and draw at home to Liverpool, you'd have taken that probably. And that's two mm. points and we've got three in bags, so we're, we're ahead mm. of the game. Yeah. It's mm. just annoying. As I say, you look, at, you look at Newcastle and they've rolled over at Luton at the weekend and they've rolled over at home to... I think Chris Wood scored three times as many goals at St James's Park as he did for Newcastle. <laughs> and really, that's fair. And, and, and he and I only saw his hat trick goal, but he doesn't celebrate, and that bugged the hell out of me. It's like he's a Newcastle legend or something. He's like you were there for—I bet there's Newcastle fans who don't even remember he played for them. They only bought him to leg us up as well, didn't they? Really, well, they only, you know, a, 10 million, a ten million, ten million pound loss in the space of two transfer windows. That was, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? But uh, you know when we. You know, when Newcastle pitch up at Turf Board, they'll be prime uh, Champions League qualifying Newcastle, and not uh, not this bunch of uh, frauds. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. But down mm. down to eight now, Newcastle. They've had a terrible run, isn't it? Is it like six defeats in seven in all competitions? I think. Mm. I mean, Ed, Eddie might be getting on uh, thin ice there. What do you, What do you think? Is is, is he uh, is he going to be worried about his job? I mean, how much patience have they got? We don't know how much patience Newcastle have. Do they consider themselves a top four club and they start doing what it is that they have to do? Um, but that run of that run of results can't go on indefinitely, surely. And if you're thinking about possibly making a change, you'd be thinking about it round about now, wouldn't you? You know. So maybe he, he, he should be thinking, looking over his shoulder a little bit. You keep hearing about this injury list and they go, oh, we've got to play the same team every week. And you're thinking, well, that's what Sean Dyche did week in, week out and got pilloried for it. But you know, it's just, he managed to get the you know, the level of performance out of his players every week. And 
you know, they still playing the, you know, they've played six extra games, Newcastle, you know, in the Champions League, but uh, they rotated throughout uh, throughout that competition. So, I mean, are they that tired? <laughs> I mean, deal with it. Exactly. I, I would. I wouldn't mind that fucking problem. I really wouldn't. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> mm. We've got the uh, we've got Villa who just had a, a terrible defeat at United, really two 0 up and losing three two. We've got them next to the weekend on Saturday, and then of course the transfer window opens. It does feel a long time since we've had a little transfer discussion on here. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Looking at it today, but also, but also big picture, you know, I don't know how much business we're going to do in January. But if we're going to, if 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 the board still believes the season is savable as it is, um, they should be making some moves in the window. Uh, Chris, what would you, what would sure. your priorities be? Let's say we were going for two, two decent signings in the January, which is you well, know a re- reasonable well, expectation. We'll say, well, bear in mind that. You know, they were willing to spend what we were led to believe was sort of around 30-odd million euros for Ian Matson, only for him to say, I'm staying at Chelsea. Now, I mean, were they to go back in for Matson, would he come again, you know, if asked again with the situation as it is? I don't know. He'd probably make the same decision. But if that money was available then, you'd like to think that money's available now. And if they can bring... I'd still like to see more firepower up front, uh, you know, Obafemi sort of, you know, we don't see, you know, a great deal of Obafemi. You know, Jay's, you know, I think he he, he still still has his uses, Jay. I, you know, I still think he's, uh, mm. you know, he, he works hard and he, he he has that quality, that know-how. But, uh, you know, he needs a bit of, bit of backup from time to time. Foster's still, you know, still a bit raw. So maybe, I mean, bring someone in in that department. See, I don't have Charlie Taylor tonight. You know that the, the challenge on Salah, where he's racing through on goal second half, it's absolutely it, it, stand innovation, it, absolutely sensational. Was you know fair play to him. he still bombs up and down that left hand side. I don't have an issue with Charlie Taylor. It's just say the manager was so unwilling to play him. You know he has got quality. You know you look at that delivery into the box for Jay's uh, opener against Sheffield United. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I've not I've not a great issue in that department really, but uh, maybe yeah, you know, say so maybe we, we we'd all like to see this uh, you know modern day Vieira type <laughs> coming to the centre of the midfield, but uh, <laughs> who, who, who that is? And I said I'm talking to uh, Craig Salmon, who I used to work with at uh, the Burnley Express, and we we just think you know someone like a Craig Dawson type, you know <laughs> that sort of you know centre half with a bit of know how, a bit of now, edit kick it type. You know he's good in both boxes. Would be an absolutely ideal, really. You know just to sort of steady things uh, at the back there. But does you know that stunt the development uh, of O'Shea? I believe is growing. You know growing into things with every game. Mm. You know, mm. He's still uh, you know he's still uh, Alda Keel and and. Uh, Eggdale, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Justin, Justin, mm. uh, we lost Chris there for a second, but um, so Chris is signing three players there. He's signing a centre half, a central <laughs> midfielder, and a centre forward. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm signing a whole. No, uh, I think I think the problem we got now is um, we're still a, quite a sort of experimental team, aren't we? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if if any of us could name our best eleven quite yet. Uh, if everyone was fit, um, I, I agree that we probably could do with some backup for Charlie Taylor. Um, 
And and I, I think the areas that Chris has identified, like the centre of midfield, could do with beefing up and up front, we could do with beefing up. But what we don't want to do is be signing sort of 18-year-old prospects in those positions and throwing them in at the, in, into the side and hoping that they'll uh, swim rather than sink. Um, I quite like the idea of Craig Dawson, actually. He, he, he's, he's one of those players who... He should have had a spell playing for us. He's played for everybody else, hasn't he? So I quite like I quite like that kind of idea that you get somebody in there with a with proper Premier League know how, a player who's got a lot of appearances under the belt. You know, maybe not him, but you know, somebody who knows who knows the league, knows what it takes to organise a side in this division, can be that sort of general on the pitch that 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 maybe we haven't quite quite got at the moment um but I, I if it was me i'd be going for a, a left back uh back up for charlie taylor because he's he, I, I think he's had since he's got back in the side he's done really well and and you know somebody somebody up front who can um you know take take we we don't want to put too much pressure on lyle foster do we we don't want to make him the main man we don't we don't want to have have the situation that that, that he that he ends up not being able to play again and we don't have that kind of backup for him. So maybe just take the pressure off him a little bit and bring somebody a bit reinforcements up front. But who is that player? I don't know. Those players, the players that can do that stuff at the top of the pitch in the Premier League are, you know, a, a multi-million, million, million players, aren't they? Who are they? I don't know. I can't identify one. But yeah, I think those are the areas that we need to focus on. We don't. What we don't need is any more wingers. Yeah, I think we'd agree with that one, would you? Issue, eh? You can never have enough wingers. <laughs> no, yeah, we need we need somebody we we need somebody up front. We need somebody else in the middle of the park, um, cover across the back four for Charlie Taylor, um, and that's what that's what it is. It's a mixture of cover versus somebody with experience or an extreme amount of ability to be able to fit in straight away. Because we've seen as soon as we've seen. Um, our main guys get injured or whatever, we're suddenly extremely weak. You know, the fact that we're still bringing Nathan Redmond on as, as like, like you said, Sam, some kind of weird false nine is ridiculous. The amount of money that we spent, etc. Um, and I, another thing that I might be slightly worried about is if somebody came in with a, a ridiculous bid for one of his young lads, you know, you can see that Order Bear before long is going to get some like serious attention, mm. isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, even though uh, Garnacho scored a couple, I mean, you, I can, you can see United having a sniff around instead of Anthony, etc., and various yeah. other clubs yeah. would be quite interested as well. So I can see the fact that maybe we, in the summer it feels like it'd be a bit yes, soon in January. It seems but... seems a bit. Uh, it seems too early now. Exactly. Yeah, probably Osho and got injured. We might be looking at somebody coming yeah. in in January for him. But um, but yeah, order, but. Probably will get away with it in January, but he does look a player who, 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 you know, he's not the hundred million pound player that we were promised. Is somewhere in the squad, but um, he, he looks like somebody who might increase in value. But I think I, he I agree. might be. I think he might be in time. You know, I think yeah. he might be. I think you look at. I mean, he's, he's not as quick as Collier Show, but end product, isn't it? You know, mm. the, the way he's taking his goals in particular. It, 
Yeah, just uh, my my little one. He's, he's he's not quite eight, and he sat with me tonight watching uh, Oliver. And he said he's, he said he's like he's like a PlayStation player, Daddy. He's just <laughs> just sort of weaving in and out, and you can see what he means. He's uh, he's one of those. I mean, Colliosho. He's had an outstanding sort of breakthrough. Well, quarter of a season, if you know, maybe a bit more to give him credit. But uh, I said this this you know other bears just got that bit more end product about him. Yeah, I, I agree with everyone really in the centre forward. And for me, it has to be a physical centre forward. I think, I think one of the problems is that mm. you know w- w- the, w- with the wingers when they're putting balls in, um, you know, there's not that person on the end of it, and just somebody who, who's got you know, somebody who's fast who can worry the back four. I don't think I don't think the back fours get worried enough centrally uh, by what we offer. They're worried about his wingers, whether it's been Kolyosha or Odebert. But um, I don't think they've been worried enough by by the centre forward, whether it be Foster or, or J Rod. Um, Big Vouch. Big Vouch. Yeah. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> Bring him home. Did you see that interview with him this week? I think you sent it to me, Chris, didn't you? Yeah, Where... yeah. It's all Ten Hag's fault, wasn't it? That he didn't score. He didn't build the team around him. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, he did go to Old Trafford and uh, they didn't build the team around him. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I think Hoyland's had the same problem, hasn't he? Like his chief, his chief uh, complaint was that they didn't give him the ball enough. And I, I think uh, every Manchester United striker over the last couple of seasons can have that complaint, can't they? Yeah. So the search begins for a centre forward. Then, if we are having our way, you would think that's going to be top of company's priority list as well. But you're right. You know, we we all casually say in the summer we could do a twenty goal a season, man. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the Premier League, they're uh, they're tough to come by. Those those. Uh, those see, Am Dooney reminds me in a way of uh, Stevie Fletcher, who uh, Woody was you know raving about last week. He's technically as as good as anything we've seen. Mm-hmm. But Fletcher, I think Fletcher finished that uh, that season with uh, just below double figures. And you know, if Am Dooney could do that, it'd give you know give the team a massive lift. But he's a, he's a good way mm-hmm. away from that at, at the moment. I thought that mm. was like classic Amduni today. That absolutely brilliant turn, tremendous pace, direct, running straight to the defence, and and you think he's done everything right. This is going to be a world if he puts his away, and then and then that poor shot at the end of it. It's just it, it will come though because he scored a lot of goals, didn't he? You know, for Basel before he came, he knows where the back of the net is. It's just not happened for him yet. But uh, if he can add that to his game, then we've got a hell of a player there, really. And maybe you know. Final thing, really. When we're looking and we, we were assessing after, you know, bonfire night and saying we're just not really good enough and we haven't seen enough from these players and the transfer window was was probably a, a lot too many mistakes in the transfer window. I mean, we could talk about things we didn't sort, but of the players who've come in, now that they've been given time, now that, you know, they've had that experience, are we sort of revising some of our opinions about that transfer window in terms of who actually came in? Justin? Well, I think a lot of the players who've had a decent run in the side have, have, have grown into the season, which is to be expected given the, given the plan. That's the plan, isn't it? They're going to grow into it and they've improved. But I think what's... I think what's changed the season is the reintroduction of the old heads. It's, it's bringing the Goodmansons back in. It's bringing Charlie Taylor back in. It's allowing those players 
not to bear all the responsibility for Brownie was out of the picture early on, wasn't he? Yeah, Brownie as well. He's an he's a, he's another one, you know. So I think I think yeah, I think I, when when you look at the list of players that we signed in the summer, um, I don't know who, who who's who's been a success and who's been a failure. You can't say much about some of the players like uh, Masengo, you know, because we haven't seen them, have we? But the ones who have come into the side have impressed, I think, uh, and and have grown into it, and, and have done, and have done well. Um, but we signed so many players that it's hard to it's hard to assess a lot of the ones that haven't had much time on the pitch. I'd put Trezor in that in that in that category mm. as well. Uh, I really would. I think I think I think most people would say that if if there was a failure in the summer transfer window it was the players that we didn't sign rather than the players rather than the players that we did you know the the the, the players that we've talked about before you know the left back the central midfielder the the extra striker that we need um so yeah I, I, i'm I, i'm all in on 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 the players that that we've seen i'd like i, I, I hope Anybody see uh, Masengo's uh, Christmas message to the, to the Burnley yeah. fans? <laughs> yeah. said, all, said all the right things there, didn't he? And, I, you know, he's one player that I'd like to see more of. We all saw that YouTube uh, highlights reel where he looked like, well, he, he really looked like exactly the player that we need, didn't he? He really did, albeit in a lower division. So, um, I don't <sighs> The, all the all the ones that have come in have 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 done have done well. The ones that we've seen enough of to make a judgment of, uh, I, I'm quite happy with. Uh, but there are some players there lurking in the background that I'd like to see more of. I I, I think the 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 big thing that's disappointed me is um, uh, Alderkeel and uh, Ekdal have not. I mean, I know Ekdal's been injured, and I think um, Alderkeel's had injury problems as well. But I think those two were were two players last season who I thought that you know these boys are going to be good in the Premier League. These are, these are going to uh, in, just get better and better and better. Uh, a bit. I'm a bit baffled by uh, um, O'Shea's uh, continued presence in the side. I thought he had another poor game t- today against Liverpool that second goal he d- he jumped into that challenge and he took himself not only did he invite a yellow card but he took himself completely out of the game and left us exposed at the back um so yeah those two you know th- th- those are the two that I'm I'm disappointed about but in terms of the transfer window from what I've seen it was good um but it's the plays that we didn't sign that I'm worried about what do you, who have you been impressed with and who have you been disappointed with quickly? Um, well, you've got to say, obviously, Kaliosho and Oda Bear, the standouts from last year. Um, Foster, uh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trafford has obviously come through his little patch. Uh, disappointments like Justin. The uh, keel's been a bit disappointing. Um, Sander was a bit disappointing at first until he switched things around and now he's really coming to his own and invariably can boss a midfield when he's given enough space. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, we're still languishing second from bottom, still looking at going down. So if we, you know, if we say, well, what was the goal? And it was to stay in the Premier League, then goal not achieved, is it? Wasn't a good window in that sense. No, Chris, your thoughts? Well, collectively, I mean, I think we all sort of said... You know, we didn't understand 
the business in, in you know as, as a collective individually it can highlight successes but as, as a as a as a unit it's, it's obviously not uh, not come for, to fruition just as, as as yet i think we spoke the other week about who would be worth more money and you know we mentioned collier show other mm. bear you know there were a lot of you know a lot spent on trafford and a lot spent on uh i'm doony you know i, I I think I think I think I'm doing. He's a super player. Is he worth more than what we spent on him at the minute? I don't know in this market. But Ramsey's obviously you know he's had his his injury and this that and the other. I'd like to see more of him because I think he's a fabulous little player. And uh, but it, you go back to last January and you know we you you half preparing for life in the Premier League and they signed uh, Ekdal and Aldekele. As Justin said, we we all thought we're going to be super super players at this level and develop. You know, taking a back seat. Uh, Obafemi's had his injuries, but not really made much of an impact in 12 months, if, if truth be told. Foster's, uh, you know, were terrific at the start of the season before his uh, his mental health issues, etc. But uh, yeah, there's, you, you got to look at those two two young wide lads, really. As uh, you know, the, every, Burnley has this tradition, aren't they? We spoke like when we were putting the teams together last week. Wide men, they love they love a wide man. You know, gets you off your seat. Mm. You know whether it's someone without pace, like a like a Glen or a Tin Man, that's got that trickery, a bit of devilment about him, or or someone who's just a, a John Francis or something, just like searing pace. You know, someone like that. But uh, no, that they've been a joy those two young lads, and uh, you know I think they're going to be worth an awful lot of money. They are, but their progress, of course, has come at the expense of Zaruri and Benson, who we all enjoyed last year, and 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 mm. who are almost almost becoming forgotten men at Burnley. It's uh, it's quite sad to see that, but they'll have to push their way in. Might make an impact in the second half of the season. We'll see. Back in action on Saturday at Aston Villa, and uh, well, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Hope you've had a good Christmas, and uh, hope you continue to have um, a good week uh, in the build-up to the Villa game. And we'll speak to you again soon. Don't forget to uh, follow us on social media at Behold Podcast and leave us a rating where you can. Thanks very much for listening and uh, up the clarets. <laughs>